This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. One of the things I had done, because while we were away, I was doing a good bit of study and enjoyed the, the study uh, time and all. Um, you know, I, I looked up the word resurrection in a thesaurus. You know what a thesaurus is? A thesaurus gives you synonyms, is that right? Yeah. Synonyms that means the same thing as the word you're looking up. So I looked at a thesaurus, I looked at the word resurrection, and the very first one word that pops up to define what resurrection is, it means revival. Mm-hmm. How about that? You know, it's revival. I mean, because Jesus was revived, and that's really where revival has started with resurrection power started to change our world. That resurrection power is still changing the world that we live in right now. It really is. So um, I I was reading an article I had come across. It was a man, he was visiting the Holy Land, and he sent his neighbors a postcard describing the, the beautiful gardens that were there. And the neighbor's six-year-old said, I wonder if he saw the rose. What rose, the the dad asked. You know, like the Bible women saw, they went to that garden where Jesus was buried, and they saw Christ had a rose. (laughs) They got it better than any other service. Last service, I don't think they've gotten it yet. (laughs) Last night, they got it by the end of the service, you know. They're uh, awake. I know. You've had time to wake up, you know. Uh, but the thing, the reason I'm, I'm kind of teasing with that, a lot of people don't understand for the resurrection power, the fact that he has risen, that he arose, you know. They don't understand how it affects him to this day and right now. And it, it, it does impact us dynamically. Well, listen, um, what it says here in the book of Matthew Um, chapter 20, verse 17. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man... Son of Man, he's speaking about himself. Jesus, the Son of God, refers to himself as the Son of Man because really he had to die as a man, you know, not as the Son of God. He had to die as a man. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge. Now, the word scourge there, I mean, he, he was beaten terribly. Has anybody watched the, the movie, The Passion of Christ? You know, it's hard to watch it sometimes. But it is 100% biblically accurate of what happened to Christ before he was crucified. You know, and I, I had the privilege of watching it a couple of times. And I, I just brought me to tears. It, it really did. But it's biblically accurate. Jesus was beaten unbelievably before he went to the cross and was crucified. That's just the way it happened. And if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to make some time. You know, where you can, you can watch it online, I suppose, now. And you can buy a copy if you wanted to. 
and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Jesus said he would rise again and he surely has. And there was a, a revival, you know, that took place when Jesus rose from the dead that has changed and is still changing the world to this day. Right now, there was a, uh, an awakening. There was a, a revival that took place and so many men, women, boys and girls have be, uh, began to experience that revival, this, this life that is promised unto us, you know. Um, ha- and I'm just asking them this, this question. You don't have to answer it out loud right now, but have you experienced that resurrection power in your life? Yes. Four people have. That's awesome. Uh, have you experienced that resurrection power? Yes. You know? Yes. That's a revival in your life. That resurrection power don't just come for one day and it's over with. That resurrection power stays with us and changes us and empowers us to do what God's created us to do. And I want to tell you something about the resurrection power. It changes everything. It changes everything. Is there anything that you need to be changed in your life? Yes. Yeah. Are, are, are there people in your sphere of influence? Does anybody in your sphere of influence need some change in their lives? Yes. A resurrection power brings about a change, genuinely a change in our life. And it just continues moving forward and, and, and moving forward and, and moving forward. He says here in in John chapter 10, verse 18, no one can take my life from me. And this is Jesus talking. He says, nobody can take my life from me. You know, it's not possible for anybody to take Jesus's life from him. That's what he's saying here. No one can take my life from me. I lay down my life voluntarily. Voluntarily. For I have the right to lay it down when I want to, and also the power to take it again. That's a resurrection power. For my Father has given me this command. You know, by rising from the dead, Jesus demonstrated the power that he had claimed to have, you know. And uh, does anybody know what year it is right now? 2022. I'm just checking to see if y'all knew. <laughs> I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. 2022. Is that correct? Yep. You know, is a, it's a reminder of an event. To, to be honest with you, it's been 2022 years since Jesus came. And, you know, he was born as a human being, and, and he was uh, born there in Bethlehem, and he was laid in a manger. But he came for a specific purpose. And the Bible tells us he came to seek and to save the lost. There's a lot of people on this whole planet that are lost. And he came looking for them to, to bring this resurrection power to them. To bring revival in their life. And to bring this wonderful, fantastic change in their life. Now, the Russian word for Sunday is... Waskersikny. And if you're better at Russian than I am, please pronounce it for us. Or forever hold your peace. <laughs> okay. The Russian word for Sunday is 
Orskurasikni, and it means resurrection. How about that? The, the Russian word for Sunday, it means resurrection. So every Russian communist must speak of the resurrection when referring to the first day of the week. Well, they want to or not. Hey, I'll see you on Resurrection Day. You know, why don't you come over to my house on Resurrection Day? Whether they want to or not, that's what it says. That's what it's about. And there's a lots of times we may be using the word resurrection. We, we may be thinking about it and all, although maybe it's not a reality in our own personal lives. You know, the most famous clock in the world, does anybody know which one that is? Big Ben. It's, it's in London. It stands by the House of Parliament and the towers above Westminster Abbey. And it's a familiar landmark. And the chimes play a particular tune of an old hymn. Does anybody know what hymn that is? I wonder if they heard me when I asked them that. <laughs> Y'all know what hymn the... the uh, I didn't okay. know until you told me. You didn't know. Okay. Well, the hymn is, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know that my Redeemer lives. Do, do you know anything else about that song? Yeah, it was part of Handel's Messiah. It was one of the songs. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And there's a lot about the resurrection that is scattered throughout history that people don't know about, you know. But we can know about this resurrection power in our own lives if we want to. And then in the book of John, uh, chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus is talking here. And if I, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth. And Jesus was lifted up from the earth, was he not? Yes. On the third day, he was lifted up from the earth. And, and after he had risen, he kind of walked around and and talked and, and things like that. And then when Jesus was taken up into glory, you know, forever, he, he, he told he's going to come back, you know. And the angels that were standing there, as people gathered around, and they watched Jesus ascend into the clouds. And the angels said, hey, he's going to come back. He told y'all to get busy doing something, you know, sharing the good news with people. So let's get on with it. And he's going to come back just the same way he left. Is, is what the Bible tells us, you know. But it says, let's read that verse again. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. All men. He said, I'm going to draw all men. So there's one thing you can be 100% sure of. Anybody who you talk to about Jesus, Jesus is already drawing them unto himself. They may resist him, but Jesus is already tugging at their heart because he wants to give them resurrection power. He wants to bring about the change that they need in their life. He wants to forgive them of sin and he wants them to live with him forever. Everybody. Jesus says, if I am lifted up, and he was, he said, I'm drawing every man, every woman, every boy and every girl to myself. And he's still drawing men, women, boys and girls to him. Now, people have the privilege to reject Christ, but he's tugging at their hearts always trying to reveal his love and his forgiveness to them. That's just the way it is. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. 
You know, sin entered into this world when man took fruit from that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but it was really the tree of temptation. Sin entered the picture when they disobeyed God and, and they gave in to the temptation and, and sin was forgiven by another tree. You know what tree that was? The cross. You weren't supposed to give them a hint, dear. <laughs> That's cheating when I was in school. <clears throat> no, you're right. It was the cross. You know, because of Jesus went to the cross, and that cross was made out of a tree. You know, <clears throat> we have been pardoned. We have been forgiven because of that. In First Peter chapter 2, verse 22, it says, He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. Now hold on there. It says, anytime you've ever seen a picture of Jesus on the cross, or you think about the cross, or Jesus going to the cross... When Jesus was nailed to that cross 2,000 years ago, when he was nailed to that cross, he was carrying my personal sins when he went to the cross. He was carrying your personal sins, although you hadn't been born yet. He already died for your sins even back then. And it says here, he personally carried our sins in his own body on the cross. He was doing it. It wasn't an angel doing it or anything like that. He was personally carrying my sins when he went to the cross for me. So, I, you know, as he accessed the resurrection power, paid for my sins, he genuinely paid for my sins. He had my sins with him when he went to the cross. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. So that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Romans 5 verse 6 says, when we were utterly helpless. Have you ever been utterly helpless? I mean, there ain't nothing you can do, you know. He says, when we were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, isn't that something? It's not because, you know, we had done some noble something or discovered something were really unusually kind and loving and caring and helpful to people. That's not the case at all. He says he died for us while we were sinners. Well, while we were in really pretty bad shape. Not because we were good, but because he is good. That's exactly right. 100%. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. He'll save us from God's judgment. And since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, 
while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Mm, resurrection life that we've been talking about. Have you received that resurrection life? Yes. A resurrection power in your life, you know? So now we can rejoice. And that just means we can celebrate. <laughs> now we can rejoice, we can celebrate. In our wonderful new relationship with God. A wonderful new relationship with God. Now, when I ask you that question, are you aware, do you have it and you know it, a wonderful relationship with God? Yes. I'm not talking about just I'm a part of some party or some club or... But do you know you have a wonderful relationship with the almighty God himself? And so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Jesus has made us friends with God. There's a story by the Persians of the great Shah Abbas who reigned magnificently in, in Persia, but he, he loved to mingle with the people that he ruled. He loved to mingle with them in disguise. You know? And once he dressed as a poor man, he descended a long flight of stairs, dark and damp, to the tiny cellar where a man, seated on ashes, was tending to the furnace. And the king sat down beside him and began to talk. At mealtime, the fireman, he produced some coarse black bread and a, and a jug of water. And that was their entire meal. And they ate and they drank. And the shah went away. But returned again and again. For his heart was filled with sympathy uh, for the lonely man. He gave him sweet counsel. And the poor man opened his heart, and he loved his new friend. So kind, so wise, yet poor like himself. At last the emperor thought, I will tell him who I am and see what gift he will ask. So he said, you think me poor, but I am Shah Abbas, your emperor. And he expected a petition for some great thing. But the man sat silent gazing on him with love and wonder. And then the king said, Haven't you understood? I can make you rich and noble and give you a city and appoint you as a great ruler. Have you nothing to ask? And the man replied gently, Yes, my lord. I understand, but what is this that you have done? To leave your palace and glory, uh, to sit with me in this dark place, to partake of my coarse food, and to care whether my heart is glad or, or sorry. Even you can give nothing more precious. On others you have bestowed your rich presence, but on me you have given yourself. It only remains to ask that you never withdraw this gift of your friendship from me. I want you to know that God has given us a gift of his friendship. It's the most valuable thing we can possibly have. Mm -hmm. And this resurrection power, all that God is and he wants to do in this world, he's invited us to be a part of it with him 
That's what he wants to take, you know, and, and to be a part of our lives. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 19, it says, I pray. And, and here, where it says, I pray that you will begin to understand, well, we actually pray this for you. We pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. This is the same mighty power. That word is dunamis. Same word for dynamite. This is the same mighty power, this miraculous power, this resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. And seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And, and it's available to you, to every man, to every woman, to every boy, to every girl. And it's not based on your works. It's not that God weighs your good versus your bad. And if your good works outweighs your bad, then things happen. That's, that's just not the way it is at all. You know, he goes on to tell us here in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For God is working in you. And now, have you ever sensed this? That God's working in you? Yes. Have you ever sensed that God's, God's really on, on the move, working in your life? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, he surely is. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He gives us the desire and the power. You know, there are bookstores and libraries full of books and they've got shelves and shelves and shelves of self-help books. If you got a problem, it's got a self-help book to tell you what you can do to get help. Few people ever figure out how to get help from them. They read them and they can quote it to you, but they don't know how to get the help from the book. Well, here he says that God is working in you, giving you the desire. And most of us have a desire to do something for God, to do something different that we ain't figured out how to do it yet. But he gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Resurrection power. That's revival power. Do you know what it is that, that he, he, he wants us to do? That really genuinely pleases him? It's called obedience. It's simple. Just obey him. He's, he's given us his book. And every word in this book here, he gives us instructions. And he wants it to be a blessing. It, it guides us. It leads us and guides us and, and all. But he's given us uh, the desire to do what pleases him. But he also gives us the power to do what pleases him. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah. It really is. And then Romans chapter 8 verse 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now, did, did you, did, do you understand the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead the same spirit that brought Jesus alive, that rose from it, lives in you. Mm -hmm. And and you think that changes things? Yes.
Now, there's something in this balloon that's not found in every balloon. It makes a difference. You understand that? It makes a difference. Most balloons, when you pull them out of a canister like that, they'll just fall over on the floor. But this one rises. It's got some kind of a power in there. Don't let it go. You don't want to let it get caught up in the fan. She's only saying that because I did that before. And it got wrapped up in a big tight knot up there in that fan up there. And I let a bunch of the other ones go and they didn't get caught in the fan, but they were just all over the place. You know how he got them down? He brought his BB gun over here and shot them. That's what, nobody was in the building except me. And I had glasses on. Now they know all of our secrets, dear. Well, when you've been pastoring for 43 years somewhere, or we're in our 43rd year, pastoring here at Faith Living Church. But there's something unusual about this balloon. And it has a gas in it. You know what it's called? Helium. And there's something interesting. Helium is a noble gas. That's, That's what it's called. Look it up in the dictionary. Helium is a noble gas. What does that mean? That means it's non-reactive. It doesn't bond with other gases. And you know what? Jesus is really noble. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and when he comes into our life, he changes us. Can we just read that verse uh, again? Which verse is it? Okay. <laughs> the Spirit of God who this raised... This is in Romans chapter 8, yeah. verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and, and, and brought about this resurrection power, he lives in you if, if you've invited him into your life. Now, does helium change this balloon? Yes. Do, do you think the resurrection power of Jesus Christ would be at least that powerful? Yes. I don't think God's going to tie a string to us and let us float up in the sky. But he does have a plan for us. And his resurrection power, he tells us that. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And there's a continual filling. And if you, you read that in the Bible, he says, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and that's because we leak. And, and, and we're constantly being refilled. And there's a power that's very obvious to that old balloon there um, that may not be as obvious to your own physical body. But he says... I'll read it again. We'll move on. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies in this, by this same Spirit living within you. And see, as we welcome the Holy Spirit into our life, same way this balloon has welcomed helium into its life, it's a game changer. It changes everything. The resurrection power changes everything in your life. It's not just a piece of information. 
You know, it brings about transformation. That's, that's just the truth of it. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Resurrection power sets you free of the sinful urges that everybody else wants to tell you just to indulge in. Helps us to rise above them. He surely does. Resurrection power helps us to rise above those sinful urges. Jesus died so you and I would no longer be controlled by sin. It's not something we did. We have a desire, but he empowers us. He gives us the power. He genuinely does, you know, and he, he, he lifts us up. And we're talking about power to change your life, to, to bring about transformation, resurrection power, power that counsels out our past sins. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing when you think of it, you know, and when things we're talking about here, this is, this is news that you can use. There's a lot of news in this world. You can't use it, you know, but this is some news that you can use. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I can really know Christ. He says, I can what? Really. Really. This is the real deal. I, I, can, I can really, really know Christ. And experience the mighty power. I can know him and I can experience for myself. I can experience the mighty power and this is talking about that resurrection power. That raised him from the dead. Oh, and, and it changes me. I, I, I can really know him. Do you know you can really know Christ? You can really know him? Not just like, well, yes, yeah, like history. I, I, I know about him. But you can really know him, you know. We can tap into that resurrection power now, today. We can tap into that resurrection power and you can overcome all those odds that seem to be so stacked against you. And you can take that step of faith to make your spiritual development, you know, um, the absolute priority of your life. For, for me to become like Christ and receive that resurrection power that enables me to do all that he created me for, that's, that's my priority. Ain't nothing more important than that. So, I'd like uh, to read here uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 to you. And it says, you can, what's that word? Really. You can really know Christ. You. Would y'all help me preach this message just a moment? Just take your little finger and point it at the people around you. you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. You can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that's our resurrection, that revival power that raised him from the dead. That, that's what he says. And, and many feel like something's broken inside that's unfixable. There's a lot of people feel like, well, there's something broken me and it can never be fixed. Well, I, I got a verse I want you to read and let it settle into your heart Get it and let it become one with you. It's found in the, the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. It says, you can really know Christ. 
And that's talking about you. You can really know Christ and you can experience the mighty power. That's that resurrection, that revival power that raised him from the dead. You can do that. That's what he says. That's what he's talking about. And many feel that, that what's lost can never ever be restored to their life. That's the way they feel. But I'd like you to turn with me in, in the New Testament. And let's look at this verse here. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And he says, you, you, you can really know Christ. And you can experience the mighty power, that resurrection, that revival power that raised him from the dead. You can really know him and experience that power. Amen. That, that, that's what he says here, you know. Now, many feel that the, the wrong done to, to them can never be righted. That's the way a lot of people feel, you know. But, but I would rather us to settle in on what God's word has to say. And if you look with me over here to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, You can really know Christ and experience a mighty power, that's resurrection power, that raised him from the dead. That's what he said. That's what his word says. And his word is 100% true. And, and many are walking around today feeling like damaged goods. Have you ever experienced damaged goods? Lots of times you go to a little shop somewhere and they got damaged goods and you can get them for a song. You, you, they, they're marked down. They don't have the same value they once had. But there's a lot of people who feel like a damaged good because of the things that they've done, partaken in and whatever else when they were younger. And there's a lot of people who feel that way. you know. But there's a verse I'd like you to see with me Right now it's found in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. It says you can really know Christ and you can experience the mighty power. That's that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. And many right this moment are living one step away from despair. The things that's going on in their life and in this world right now, they're just one step away from despair because of what's going on and what they've experienced and, and all. But I'd like to give you a verse that will help you to understand what we need to, to focus on. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, and you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power. That's not my resurrection power, the revival power that raised him from the dead. You know, many people are feeling invisible with love-starved hearts. It's like nobody sees them or, or recognizes what's going on there. And, and we need to understand that we don't have to anchor down there. You don't have to anchor down here and just feeling invisible and, and being love starved, starved. But if you'll look with me in, in your Bible, and you should write it down so you can find it when you get home. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, You can really know Christ and experience a mighty power. That's what my resurrection power, you know. What is it? What is it? You can experience this power, this resurrection power that did what? 
Raised, raised Jesus from the dead. There's power that raised Jesus from the dead and you can experience it for your very own selves. It's what he is telling us here right now. But Philippians, you know, uh, it, it has told us a, a lot of wonderful things. But, you know, there's a lot of people who are crying on, on, on the inside. They, they, they really are. And they're, they're just saying, would, would somebody notice me? You know, would somebody notice me, convince me that I matter? Uh, there's people who you run, walk by every day and, and they don't feel like their life matters whatsoever. Notice me. Somebody, please. A lot of the crazy things that some people do is just trying to get noticed, to be honest with you. Well, I'm going to tell you who notices you, and that's God does. And he's got a plan for you. And, and let me give you a verse to help you. And it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And he says, you can really know Christ. He cares about you. That's right. You mean something special to him. He's got a plan for your life. You can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Resurrection power. This revival power is what I'm talking about. So don't give up. You know, resurrection power is available to every man, woman, and boy and girl. It's available to you. And, and resurrection power, it overcomes all those odds that seem to be standing against us. Now I'd like you to read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, if you would. That is why we never give up. We, we never, ever, we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed. Our spirits are being renewed. Our spirits are being revived. Every day. Every day. That's what he's talking about. Now let's just move on forward a little bit. And the next verse I'd like you to see is found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. <laughs> and it says, when he shout, remember this, when he says don't ever give up, he says you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That's resurrection power. That's revival power. You can know it. And you can experience it. God says you can know Christ. And you can experience his resurrection power. He says you can. I believe him 100%. And then in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says. For in Christ. And if you're in a relationship with Christ, is what he's talking about. The fullness of God lives in a human body. Are you in Christ? Is Christ in you? Are you in union? Are you one together? It changes everything in your life when you are in union with Christ, is what he tells us. And you are complete through your union with Christ. You're, you're complete. A lot of people go through life and they're, they're feeling like there's just so much is missing in my life. But you are complete through your union with Christ. You are complete. That resurrection power is yours. And and. and and you can really know Christ genuinely. You can know him and you can experience his resurrection power as your very own. Because this is what God's plan for you is. And, and you know, it tells us in Romans 3.23, it says for, for all, that's 100% of the people, you know, for all have sinned. And, and we understand the word sin, it means to miss the mark. If you got a target over there and, and you throw a dart at it and you miss it, well, that's sin. You missed the mark. 
And it says here that we've all sinned. We, we, we've missed the mark. And, and sin is really kind of a disease that passes from generation to generation to generation. Comes from Adam and Eve and just keeps being passed down. And he tells us, for all have sinned and all fall short of God's glorious standard. Now, if you could just picture for a moment a great big high-rise building. Got hundreds of people in the building, all over the building. They're living there. They got offices there. And the thing catches on fire. You know, down at the, the, the base of the thing, and the fire is moving up, and everybody's going to the roof, going to the roof, going to the roof, and they discover there's another building. There's another building. It's about 50 feet away. And there's some people, and they're older people, and some are very young people, and some are not really all that strong, but they try to jump to the other building. It's 50 feet away. But, but, but they, they miss the building by 45 feet. But there are some people who are very athletic and they've been really working out and they jog every day and all those kinds of things and they're flexing their muscles and they're telling people, make a little aisle here. Make, make, make some room here up on the top of the building. And they take a run and they know how to do it just perfect and timed it. And their toes just left the top of the building and they jump with all that they had and they only miss the building by four inches. Pretty amazing, right? Mm -hmm. They all fell short. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says we've all fallen short mm -hmm. of the glory of God. All of us, no matter how good we are, no matter what we can accomplish in our own human strength, the Bible tells us that we, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And then it tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 33, it says, for the wages. And wages is what we earn. He says the wages of sin... Is death and, and sin pays us all fair wages. And the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. And and, and, and we're paid fair wages, death. That's that's the consequences for our, our sin. You know, but it goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. You, 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 you can't earn it. You, 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 you can't earn it. And I'll tell you what, if I had a big enough one of these, I could take, go from this building to that other one just by hanging on. <laughs> but it wouldn't be my, my works causing me to get there. It would be there's something that's stronger than I am. That resurrection power, it changes things and it changes you and it changes me. It genu genuinely does. 1 John chapter 3, verse 21 says, Dear friends... If we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. So it's important to find out how not to feel guilty. It's important to figure this deal out. He says, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. So when you pray, you can have this bold confidence. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from him whatever we ask. If we don't feel guilty, we, we can ask and we'll receive from him whatever we're asking for. That's what he says. We'll receive whatever we're asking for if, if we can deal with this guilt issue. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Obedience. We just obey him. Lord, I'm sorry I did that. And he surely forgives us in a heartbeat. Doesn't he say if we confess our sins to him? If we obey him and we confess our sins to him, he forgives us and cleanses us from all of our sin. Do, doesn't he say that? Yes. 
And obedience is really key to accessing this resurrection power in our life. Uh, we have desires to please God, but he gives, us, he gives us the power to do so. And obedience to him is, is very, very, very important, you know. But, but the truth of it is, we often settle for, for a whole lot less than what's really available. You know, that's, that's just the way it is. We don't know that there are better things out there. We, we don't understand it. You know, on a spiritual note, we all of us just keeps chasing me over here. I want a personal message behind that or something. Here, come on. Come on. Okay. It, it is following me, though, for real. I think it's because of the air condition or something up there somewhere or another. It's interesting. One time, I don't even, it was years ago when we lived next door in the parsonage. Um, Somebody had given us a, uh, a something for like Valentine's Day or something. But it, anyway, it was a heart that was filled with helium. And I, I think it was when I was going through the stuff with my retinas and all that because that was I had surgery on Valentine's Day. But in the midst of all that, a few weeks later when I was still in bed, um, that heart left downstairs. The string was touching the ground. And it, it came up the stairs, went around the, the top of the stairway, and t- turned and came into the room and was right over my head. It was really interesting. I know. It's it has nothing to do with this. But yeah, it was probably looking for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just teasing. It was an encouragement. It was pretty cool. You know, well, how many of y'all once were a baby? <laughs> Thank you for being so honest. I appreciate that. But a whole lot, a lot of you guys were babies once upon a time because about to show your hands, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, when we were, were babies, we were fed. You ever eat baby food? Yeah. You know, if there was a Gerber's baby food. There was all kinds of uh, baby food that you could get. And I remember one that was called strained spinach, you know. And it absolutely had no flavor, nothing to make it taste better, you know. But there was a strained spinach. But to a baby, it was great, you know, unseasoned and all. It was fantastic. And, and at that age, we just didn't know no better, okay? And that might be a spiritual note for us to understand what we know or what we don't know in, in the spiritual realm right now. But as we got older, and I'm going to hold my bone over there. Oh, yeah, I think it's coming anyway. to see you, I think. You know, as we got older, we discovered fried chicken. And mashed potatoes and gravy and hot homemade biscuits and butter and, and jellies and, 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 and jams and green beans and candy jams and deviled eggs and roasted beef and barbecued ribs and spi- sliced ham and hot apple pie with vanilla ice cream, of course. You know, and pasta and lasagna and pizza. And there's a hundred other. I'm getting hungry. It's 1220, you know. Woohoo! You know, but, but this is what we discovered as we got older. And we will never go back to just eating strained, unseasoned spinach. Amen. Because we found something better. That's right. Is that true? That's true. It's lunchtime. Y'all know that, right? It's, it's lunchtime. It's lunchtime, dear. You know? Anyhow, we found something that's so much better. We really have. And and listen to what it says here in Psalms, verse 34. 
Verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste. He invites us to taste and to see that the Lord is good. And oh, the joys of those who trust in him. Taste and see. Now, I do have an illustration here for you. And I do apologize because this is misspelled. I have a candy to give to you. And the guy who made the stuff just misspelled the candy, you know. It says risen. We can pronounce it properly, but, but it's misspelled. And I'm sorry about that, you know. But when you get ready to leave in a few moments... I want you to stop by and get a piece of candy if ain't enough there for you. I think I might even have another bag if you run out. But I'd like you to get you a piece of candy and to remember the the resurrection power and God's word. He advocates us to taste and see how good the Lord is. And that resurrection, that revival power is available to every man, woman, boy, and girl who will just obey God and follow His leading and, and, and allow His power to fill them up and bring about transformation. So if you don't come and eat these, I reckon I'll just have to eat them myself, you know. And I tried a couple of them last night. They were pretty good, to be honest with you. Could you read that verse one more time to me, dear? Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in Him. Mm. Taste and see. This resurrection power I'm talking about. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. And I want to tell you, once you, you find out how wonderful He is, you don't want to go back to strange spinach, you know, no more. Ken and C.J. Mansfield in California, they, they own a deli. And being Christians, they often would give kind words to the people who came in and, and food, especially to this homeless guy, whose name was Garland. And their store had been broken into, and everyone thought that Garland, this homeless guy, was the one who broke into their deli. Ken and CJ didn't believe that, and therefore they made up a great big expensive fruit basket to give to Garland. And, and they gave it to him, and he took it home, and his home was in the park, and he sat on the bench. You know? And the people caught him there with this big fruit basket. And they brought Garland in with the fruit basket. You know, sure that he had stolen it. uh, And they brought it into the deli there. But Ken said, oh, thanks Garland for bringing the basket in. There's other things we wanted to put in it. And and here's your change. And, you know, Ken gave him $38.67. And, and, and. Garland died a couple of days later in the park where he slept. And, and Ken and CJ were called to the attorney's office. And, and Garland had left all of his belongings to them. His travel bag, a bag of bird seed, and a Bible marked with a bank note. And, and the, the, the Bible that was marked there, this is the... Two verses that were marked 
for Ken and CJ to read. Matthew 25, verse 35. And Jesus said, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. And then verse 40. And the king, Jesus, will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And you know what? When we reach out to somebody, maybe you bring in somebody this coming week to a Thanksgiving dinner and hear a, a, a Bible message or something. Jesus says, when you did it to anybody else, he was doing it unto me. And anyhow, then the, the, the bank book that was part of what they had inherited his last entry was $38.67, bringing the total balance to that bank book to well over $3 million. You know, CJ and Ken became rich because of Garland's death. There's a tremendous inheritance that was left to them because of Garland's death. And, and Garland had riches that no one knew about. And Jesus has riches that nobody knows about. Even right now, even if you've been raised in your church, the, the church your whole life long, you know. There's things you just don't know about. And, and he offers his riches to us here today if, if we believe. And we receive and we love and follow and obey his word, you know. He's offering us this resurrection power, this revival power right now. And it, it, it changes everything. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says, You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was. Though he was very rich. They, they paved the, the streets in heaven with thick, solid gold. But I'm going to tell you something. I tease about when I get to heaven. And I'm going to do it. You know, but you kick off your shoes and go sliding down in the streets of gold in your sock feet. But it ain't the gold streets that's going to really impress us. We can't wait to see Jesus. All of our loved ones who put their trust in him way before us. That's what we're interested in, to, to be honest with you. But it says here, though he was very rich, yet for your sakes, for, for our sakes, he became poor. He, he left it all behind so he could come to this earth to seek and save those of us like me who once was lost. He was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. Jesus left it all behind. He left his riches in glory. He emptied himself of all of his heavenly divine attributes. And he came here to seek and save the lost. He gave his life. He paid for our sins. He had my sins with him when he went to that cross. Paid for my sins. He rose from the dead. And that resurrection power, the same spirit that rose him from the dead, is, is now in me. And, and he wants there to be a change in all of us. And he's got a purpose on this earth. 
And I don't know how much more time we got, but he's got a plan for us. He, he really does. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of changing that's already taking place. There's a lot of changing. People are not putting all their hope and trust in what they used to put their hope and trust in. There's, there's changing. God's on the move. He, he genuinely is on the move. Well, I know we need to stop. Y'all still thinking about that fried chicken and stuff, probably. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a little bit myself. But let me just read you one little thing here, and then we're going to let you dismiss. Because we think of, about Easter. Easter is later in the year, first of spring there, somewhere or another. But Resurrection Day comes but once a year, so many people say. But to a person saved from their sins, it's Easter every day. Amen. Resurrection power is available to us Every day. Revival power is available to us every day. A man, when saved or born again, his life to Christ will give. And as a newborn babe in Christ, he, he's just beginning to live. I am the resurrection life, the Savior one day said. And he who believing in my word shall live though he be dead. And that well-known apostle Paul in Philippi made plain for me to live is Jesus Christ, for me to die is gain. So when the blood of Christ, our Lord, redeems a soul from sin, every day is Easter. Every day is resurrection day for Christ lives within. And so I would challenge you to spend time with your friend and he comes often in disguise. And you don't recognize him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he loves us so much. He wants to spend time with us. And he wants his resurrection power to become our resurrection power. He wants to put that in us and change us. Because he's got plans for our lives. Well, our time is up. And I'd like you to join me in a simple prayer. A prayer to reaffirm your faith in Christ. And maybe you've already reaffirmed your, prayer, your, your faith in Christ. Well, I love him and I don't mind doing it again. But maybe you've, you've never declared your faith in Christ before. So maybe you'd like to declare it today. Whether you're in this building or you're watching online or listening to it on a radio or a DVD or something or another. I would ask you if you would join us as we pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And I believe he gave his life for me. And I believe he gave his life for me. And he was carrying my sins when he gave his life. And he was carrying my sins when he gave his life. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus inside. And I welcome Jesus inside. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my as Lord. As my soon coming King. As my soon coming King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 